We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dutch. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Is For Podcast. My name is Sarge, and joining me today on this episode is the one, the only, one of my nearest, dearest friends ever, even though he does have a salt and pepper beard, he is younger than me. His name is Danger. Say hello, Danger. I, I'm not surely sure how near I am, because I do live um, a good clip away from you, but, dear friend, sure, I'll take it, I'll take it. You too are one of mine, Mr. Sarge. Oh, and... Not to be outdone by danger in any way, shape, or form. It is the man who fathered the Jersey Devil and other cryptids. He's also spawned some little monsters of his own running around his house. Give it up for the one, the only, the red-headed monster. Ooh, you, I was, I was kind of on board until you called me red-headed. That's not 100% accurate, but that's okay. That's okay. Please tell me what that color is. Please it is... It is light brown. It is it is a reddish blonde, but it is not straight red. Now I get it in the in the clawfish light. It kind of looks a little more red, but it's not. Okay, the well, beard is red. The beard is red. I can't deny that. On tonight's episode of the Is for a Podcast, we're going to tackle the letter O, and for this, I've chosen the one, the only, the virtual the virtual reality machine itself, the Oculus. I figured it'd be something neat to talk about for a change. Are you guys familiar with virtual reality? It, yes, I am. In fact, this is all happening in virtual reality. I'm not really here. I, uh, I'm i actually part of the Matrix. Okay, simmer down, Neo. I am not Agent Smith or that tasty steak that he ate. Peek behind the curtain. This is the second time we've tried to do O's for Oculus. And last time, I did a hilarious bit where I pretended I did a bunch of research on Mike Flanagan's movie Oculus and Sarge died laughing. It was incredibly funny. We can't recreate magic. So you're just going to have to take my word for it. It was hilarious. But yes, I am very familiar with VR. I have a PlayStation 4 VR headset that I've used several times and uh, have a lot of fun with it. Oh. It's not making me feel pukey. Well, we're going to get into the PlayStation VR here in, a, here in a bit. But first, for those people who are not familiar with what virtual reality is, virtual reality is a simulated experience that can be similar to or completely different from the real world. Applications of virtual reality include entertainment, particularly video games, education, such as medical and military training, and businesses, such as virtual meetings, kind of like what we're doing now. Um other distinct types of VR-style technology includes augmented reality, mixed reality, and sometimes extended reality, or XR. So if you have a smartphone, which a good chunk of you have smartphones, unless you're one of the older generation that has a jitterbug, and if you're an older generation, how are you listening to this podcast? I digress. Uh, you have you are familiar with uh, augmented reality. Pokemon Go has been augmented reality. Jurassic World... Alive, I think is what it's called, augmented reality. I think there's even Monster, what you got? Well, I was going to say one time, we, uh, you can do a Google thing where you can like look up different animals and creatures, and then they will, you can like augment reality, have it in your space 
so you can see like what a polar bear would look like in your living room or a lion in your bathroom. And we took some really cool pictures of uh, my daughter Alex with like a grizzly bear and a panda bear like in the living room. It was really funny looking. Okay, so I was not a Pokemon Go fan. Was not a po- like just. I didn't care. Like I played it for about, I don't know, 20 minutes. And I was like, this is, this is some dumb shit. I don't care about Pokemon, uh, direct translation from Japanese to American as pocket monster. And yeah, that's as far as I got with Pokemon. But as far as augmented reality goes, I, uh, I, I think probably one of the most useful things I've ever seen for it is on the, uh, Lowe's or home Depot app where it's like, Hey, you're looking at a dishwasher. See what it looks like in your space. And so, yeah, sure, when I was looking for a dishwasher, I was like, I'm going to see what this one looks like in my space. Oh, that's what that hole under my counter looks like filled with a dishwasher. Cool. Cool. I also did it with a couch, and I had trouble because my couch is bigger than the one I was looking at. (laughs) I thought you were going to say because you tried to put a couch where your dishwasher was, and it was really confused on how to do that. Well, that's actually where my couch is, and so it was a smaller couch than the large couch that was actually in that space. My living room is really messed up. Like, it just, it, there's a sink, um, a, a, a refrigerator. Some would call it a kitchen, but you don't tell me what a bedroom is. For some reason, there's a toilet right next to the fridge. You it's all very it's convenient. Weird. I was going to say, that sounds very convenient. It's very convenient. Now, Sarge, I do want to take a step back and ask you, you had said extended reality or xr yep i know extended reality is not when my kids don't go to bed when i tell them to no and so please tell me what is extended reality because reality is extended way further than i want it to a lot of days when i just can't go to sleep okay so extended reality is the precursor to augmented reality right uh, augmented reality think of like uh google lens okay Think like that. Uh, extended reality is is an environment into which you can physically walk around with the HMD, a head-mounted device, which we'll get into those here in a second. So I actually have a list of the different forms of virtual reality that we can get to in a minute, as soon as I finish the basics of virtual reality. So moving right along, standard virtual reality systems use either a virtual reality headset or a multi-projected environment to generate realistic images, sounds, and other sensations to stimulate a user's physical presence in a virtual environment. A person using this re- this equipment is able to look around an artificial world, move around in it, interact with virtual features or items. This effect is commonly created by VR headsets consisting of an HMD, head-mounted device, with a small screen in front of the eyes, but can also be created through specifically designed rooms with, multi- with multiple large screens. So think of planetariums, think of IMAX, uh... Uh, Disney has actually the largest recorded virtual reality machine in, uh, what is that called? Uh, oh, help me out, Monster. Yeah, Epcot. The ball, the the golf ball looking thing? Yep, where Soren, the the virtual reality show Soren is at, and we will get into that here in a minute as well. Okay, so last time I went to Epcot, I don't remember Soren being in the big ball at Epcot. I remember that being like that's uh, a roller coaster. Well, no, it was like a ride, like a slow ride you would go through. There's animatronics everywhere, and Ray Bradbury wrote the storyline for that. But the funniest part to me is that you would select on the screen what language you spoke, and then it would narrate in that language to you. 
and we chose English in mine, but in the one behind me where my brother, his wife, and their, I think, uh, one-year-old at the time was, uh, he, he had selected, uh, Dutch on theirs. So theirs was being narrated in Dutch the entire time. And so I was hearing English in mine and Dutch four feet behind me the entire ride learning about communication and the evolution of it. It was uh, very educational in more than one way. It was, I, don't, uh, I, I learned I don't know Dutch. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know if this is the best time to bring this up, but you're talking about VR and creating these worlds that you're in. Um, because I apparently hate myself and want to have a heart attack at 36, I tried playing Resident Evil 7 Biohazard in VR. Um, I like scary games. And Some of us are better at making bad choices than others. <laughs> I talked about this on our RS Resident Evil, so I won't get into it real deep here. But that was so frightening that it wasn't even fun. Like, it was like, it. I was so tense that I was giving myself a headache and my, my body hurt because I was so tense. And my wife was sitting right beside me and like every, you know, six minutes would just like poke me because I can't see. I can't hear. I have no idea she's even there. And she's just giggling. Boink. It's like, oh, God. I, I couldn't take it. I she's couldn't a, take She's it. a lovely lady. Oh, I, I love her to death. But man, whew, talk about a 4D experience. Yeah. Well, you know, you were the one that chose the bad game to play. And then you played it next to your wife who you knew was going to mess with you. So that's misery less company. I love that game, but not a, it's a tough one to play in VR. That's for sure. All right. Head mounted devices or head mounted displays are more fully immersed, uh, more fully immersed their user in a virtual world. Virtual reality headset typically includes two small high-resolution high OLED or LCD monitors that provide separate images for each eye and stereoscopic graphics rendering in a 3D world, a binary audio system, positional and rotational real-time head tracking for six degrees of movement. Separation. Oh, sorry. Yes. So that's just your basic uh, precursor. That's your... Um, that's your PlayStation 4, Oculus Quest, Oculus Rift, uh, HTC Vive, uh, whatever Steams is called. I forget what Steams is called. Uh, now, augmented reality is a type of virtual reality technology that blends what the user sees in their real surroundings with digital content generated by computer software. The additional software-generated images of the virtual scene typically enhance how the real surroundings look in some way i.e. the dishwasher, the couch, and the polar bear, or lions in the bathroom. For some reason, you want a lion in your bathroom. Wait, hey. did I get a polar bear on my couch and in, in, in my dishwasher? Uh, no, I did. I did. Oh, that's right. You did say something about you polar bear earlier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, I pay attention to you, monster. Okay. Thank you. AR systems layer virtual information over a camera live feed into a headset or smart glasses or through a mobile device, giving their user the, avail the ability to see or view three-dimensional images that's that's the that's the ar moving right along to mixed reality is merging the real world and virtual world to produce a new environment and visualizations where physical and digital objects coexist and interact in the same time that is inside my brain at all times 
Right. So cyberspace is sometimes defined as networked virtual reality. So with some of these virtual reality headsets, you can actually pop into the cyberspace. I haven't done it yet because I'm not that cool to own that stuff. But, you know, it's there. So you can have like a chat room with your buddy and you two can be sitting with your little avatars side by side on a couch watching a movie or a virtual strip club or wherever you happen to be. So simulated reality... And that's what you were... Uh, better than computer movies. Well, co- simulated reality, which was the hand motion that Monster was doing while I was talking about virtual reality, is a hypothetical virtual reality as truly immersive as actual reality, enabling an advanced lifelike experience or even a virtual eternity. And we're going to talk about that at the very end because I'm going to pose some what-if questions to you gentlemen. So that... Oh, I... I forgot about that when we recorded this before. That one's heavy. It is heavy, but we're going to do it again now that now that Danger's here, because we know Danger's as dangerous as a wet napkin. So, ladies and gentlemen, hey. that's hey. that's virtual reality right there. Hold okay. on. It could be dangerous depending on what it's wet with. He has a point. Is it wet with chloroform? Because then I'm just going to make you guys. You guys have never been chloroformed before, have you? It's not instantaneous like the movies. It literally takes a few minutes of, of inhaling this stuff before you pass out. And that's been Kidnap Corner with Sarge. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> so what most people don't realize is... Vir- Give yourself a little more time when you're kidnapping. That's right. Virtual reality machines have been around since the 1950s. The first person credited with the concept of virtual reality was Morton Hellig. And he wrote a paper called The Experience Theater that could encompass all the senses in an effective manner, thus drawing the viewer into the on-screen activity. Now, this is where Soaring comes into play, right? He built a prototype of his vision dubbed the Sensorama in 1962. So it took him about 12 years to build this. Along with the Sensorama came five short films to be displayed in it in it while engaging multiple senses of sight, sound, smell, and touch. So when you ride the Soren ride at Disney, they blast you with salt water smelling air and wind blowing in your face. And like, you can hear the wind blowing across your ears. It's stereophonic. I mean, it is, it is a wonderful experience. You actually feel like you're flying in it. And that was the whole yeah. point of it. Now Soren is a really cool ride. I did go on Soren. It was a lot of fun, but I just, you know, afterwards, Looking back on it, I just imagine like the first prototype of it was just like somebody sitting really close to a TV and there's just a guy off to the side with a fan turning it off and on and somebody on their side just spraying him with a bottle of salt water. (laughs) And and I think I brought this up when we tried this before, but that's the one thing that I think is like missing is you don't get all five senses. You've got the sound, you've got the visual, and and even in some circumstances, you know, like when you're playing, uh, again, like a PS4 or the Oculus and you're holding the controller, they vibrate and they, you know, do different things. You know, all of that's there, but your smell, and I mean, I know you're not really like trying to eat things and when you're playing VR, but the those things are missing from the immersion, mm. like, if you're playing a zombie video game in VR and someone's cooking dinner and you smell like 
you know, pasta sauce on the stove, it can kind of take you out of the immersion a little bit. Not that I really want to smell rotting corpses and burning buildings, but I'm just saying that's part of the immersion that is missing. And this is grave robbing with monster. But wait, if you are playing a zombie game and you smell Italian being cooked, are you like, are the, the zombies Italian? You know. Well, see, here's what happens. If you're not careful, your wires get crossed and you start to combine the thought of sh of like shooting zombies with eating spaghetti. And then that creates a whole other set of problems that you're going to have to deal with in the real world. All right, well, so so moving like you have a problem eating spaghetti. Moving along here from from zombies to spaghetti, we've we've officially ran the the gamut here. Uh, some VR devices that some people are familiar with, at least this, these are what I were familiar with growing up. Uh, the Sega VR One, which uh, debuted in Dave and Buster's, and it was like a flight simulator. Yes, uh, flight simulators are essentially uh, virtual reality machines. They can simulate some experiences of flight, but these ones weren't flying. This was Mech Warrior, where you could run around in a mech and you had all the controls that you had to bu uh, push, buttons, joysticks, etc., 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 to play. Uh, the pods were not movable. You sat in them, and it took... Uh, it's pretty much its own server rack for computer equipment to run this one machine. It was insane like the average cost of the sega vr1 was about twenty six thousand dollars and like the average consumer can't afford. no they can't that's why it was um a novelty thing at uh places where you can play video games like dave and busters after after the sega yes so after the sega vr1 they had the sega vr which had people standing with the head-mounted devices and those were the huge blocky things that weighed like seven pounds that would weigh your neck down after a few minutes. I mean, the, the example games for those were like the mine cart ride through the through the abandoned mine, um, walking through like a, a scary house with jump scares. You couldn't do anything. You just had to stand there. You could look around, but you couldn't move anymore. After that came the power glove, which a lot of people do not understand the joy of having the Nintendo power glove on. Uh, yeah. What movie the, was the it in? Glove, the, it was in The Wizard. Yes. Savage. Yes. Yeah, the Power Glove was an amazing piece of trash. I mean, that the Power Glove allowed you to do so. Well, no, it told you you could do so much, and then you put it on, and you realized that you really couldn't. But it was so cool to have. Like, it really was. It was just a glove with buttons and a cord. And, yep, that was and, it. And and what a great marketing campaign! Now you're playing with power. Right, right. No, the uh, the the power glove. Okay, so that scene in The Wizard where, you know, they're going across the country and they go to that kid's house and he's got the power glove. Badass. Like, I never wanted to be a kid more in a movie, even as an adult. <laughs> I can't remember which Nightmare on Elm Street it is now, but there's one where Freddy Krueger kills a kid using the power glove. And it's so funny because it's like, so bad like the technology wasn't quite up to par to pull off the effect they were going for but there's this incredible shot of freddy krueger with the power glove like right under his chin pressing the buttons cheesing like a child it's beautiful <laughs> wonderful moment i i 
I kind of want to find a power glove now. Like I, I may go online after. I'm gonna look it up right now. See how much I can find a power glove for. I well, bet, I bet they're kind of expensive. I bet they're kind of a collector's item. I bet you like, they are. If, it's, if you find it in the package with the booklet, like if you just find a loose one, it's probably cheap. But the whole thing, I bet it's expensive. All right. Well, Danger hunts around for a power glove. There was a gap between virtual reality and um, virtual reality power glove in the next wave of virtual reality. And that's because we went through this phase where video games were bad. The average consumer could not afford, nor did they want to have a virtual reality machine of their own. So the United States military and educational facilities decided to pick up virtual reality, and they still use virtual reality to this day. So in 2003, when I went through basic training in AIT, my first duty station, stuff like that, we actually had a, uh, it was a Super Nintendo that had a M16 variant, uh, actual size M16 electronic variant that would that you plugged in like you would a Super Nintendo controller, and then you would essentially practice shooting targets, practice practice what's called B, uh, BRM BRM ba- basic rifle marksmanship. Jeez, Sarge, and it simulated like weapon malfunctions, like double feeds and jams and all this other kind of stuff. So you had to learn how to take care of all that stuff, and it was super cheesy. I mean, it was like du- it was like playing duck hunt with little pop up targets. After, now, well, I was gonna say the one that I've seen that's kind of interesting is and this is probably far later you know obviously super nintendo couldn't handle this but the vr setup where the person is almost in like a bowl yeah to so they can actually move and run within the the vr space um i've seen that used for i believe military training it it looks relatively official like it, there's usually a person holding a a weapon they they might be just playing like VR paintball or something, but it looked a little more if, realistic, like it's being used for a real purpose. Not just so on uh, my time in, there was no, that was not an option available to the average soldier. Now gotcha. for your elite fighting forces and Navy SEALs, the Army Rangers, Special Forces, you know, what have you, they may have had access to that technology, but the average soldier did not. The latest and greatest technology that we had when we got out was a simulation trailer into which you were in a Humvee. It was a scaled down Humvee. It was a full size Humvee, but it had no tires and everything. You just sat in it. And they simulated driving through Iraq, Afghanistan, looking for IEDs, contact, no contact, stuff like that to teach people how to get ready for a deployment. Uh, it also simulated a uh, mass casualty, stuff like that, while, in, while within, the, within the trailer. So that was the biggest one we got to use other than the IMAX screen, kicking open doors and shoot, no shoot scenarios. Okay, Danger, so... you have an update on the power glove. Yes. So um, I have found... The power glove in box for uh, ranging from one hundred and fifty to two hundred and ten dollars. Ooh, okay. Uh, I found the just the instruction manual for thirty three seventy four. So these are available. I uh, I found quite a few power glove T shirts that I want <laughs> along the way, along with a uh, power glove magnet, um, and then also. I did find a game that you could play for uh, the Nintendo that I did not realize uh, there were games specifically made for the Power Glove, but it's called 
Super Glove Ball. Yeah, Super Glove Ball. Yeah. Um, never played it. <laughs> uh, I can honestly say I do not remember actually playing a game with the Power Glove. You you have as much luck controlling a video game with a Power Glove t-shirt as you do the actual Power Glove. That's fair. But I did find an original Nintendo NES inbox bundle Power Glove with Mario is Missing for $500. The system, controllers, several games. Yeah, good fun. Mario is Missing. Wow. Now, I want to go back to that bowl thing you were talking about. So... I was actually looking into that at one point because I was very intrigued by the advancements that were happening. And there were special shoes that you had to have for it. And there were shoes with little nodes on the bottom of them. And it was nodes so like you could be in the grooves that were in the bowl for it to register where you were. Now, there was somebody that put uh, Fallout 4 into their VR and played with the bowl. And oh, wow. They were saying to walk from one side of the map to the other side of the map took them two days. Two days. No fast travel. Just walking across the map. So that is one of the issues that I have with with the VR games in general is unless you have a large designated space for it, if the game is not calibrated to that space, you're going to run into the issues of, of the limitations of the room that you're in. Now, Sarge, you're shaking your head and give me we'll get to it. Hand. We'll get to it. Hold your hate. We'll get to it. I promise. I, I don't have hate because VR is something that I have watched grow. And as much as I've seen it change in, I would say, 20 years, I think in 20 years further, we're going to see an even bigger change. And so I don't have VR hate. I have issues with VR and the limitations that we currently have, but I also know of certain changes that are happening within the world that I think are really cool. All right. So, well, 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 we digest dangerous words here. Let's go into the Oculus Rift, which is the next on the list. So the Oculus Rift was actually crowdfunded, and most people don't realize this. It was the first major Kickstarter uh, crowdfunding program ever done. It originated in 2012 and raised $2.5 million from 10,000 people. Uh, That was before uh, 2014, where it was purchased by Facebook for uh, $2 billion. So in the span of a few years, it grew by leaps and bounds. Yes, what's up, Danger? I may have missed this when I was looking up the Nintendo Power Glove because that was super important. Um, It wasn't. But did you skip over? Or did I miss the Virtual Boy? Did you not talk about Nintendo's foray into... No, because it was such crap, it wasn't worth my time. But it was such crap that it's so memorable. (laughs) But it also... It was terrible. One of the biggest problems with that, though, is it it doesn't actually use virtual reality in any way, shape, or form. The only thing that it has in common with quote-unquote virtual reality is the shape of the binoculars you stick your face in. It's not even a headset. It's just a... Oh, yeah. The, you know, and maybe we'll do a V is for Virtual Boy next season or something. Oh, God, I hope not. I I loved it. (laughs) I feel a headache coming on for that night. Oh, oh, yeah. No, everybody's going to need to take Tylenol beforehand because that's what you needed while you were playing it. I'm losing my voice. 
<clears throat> it was it was a disaster from development to you know uh to the product itself uh yeah headaches and uh you were stuck in one position the whole time anyway yeah. the virtual boy was amazingly terrible and fun and i uh mario tennis was the only thing that was worthwhile but it was only fun for about 20 minutes so moving right along to more important things other than virtual boy uh so like i said uh the oculus rift and it's make uh, and it's important that you designate There's oculus rift more important than the virtual boy uh you have to make sure you designate that you're talking about the oculus rift it was like i said kickstarting there were uh five five models were demonstrated to the public before reaching commercial release two of these models were shipped to backers labeled as development kits or dk1 in 2013 and dk2 in 2014 before facebook bought them for two billion dollars while both of them were good they weren't the best at the time. I know NASA was trying to use the same type of technology, which, you know, the United States government owns a key to the patent office, so they can just do what they want. Um, they were trying to reverse engineer it and failing miserably. Like, they created the head-mounted device in a full body suit that went with it, and the head-mounted device was 16 pounds, and people had to wear that on their head. That was okay, so that was great. When, when, when did that come out? What year did that come out? Which one? what you were just talking about it did not officially release it was okay. a work in progress it was a beta program so what time period was that uh that was about 2013 2014 if i remember correctly i don't have my notes up right now and when was the sega one that you had mentioned before the sega one was the 1990s and how much did that weigh? it was a machine what no but like you were hold on hold on hold on monsters like, monsters doing finger things didn't you say it was like a seven-pound headset that weighed your neck down? Uh, is, is that what he's asking, too, or is he asking for the dollar amount for the VR no, device? No, 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 the, the, how much it weighed. So how I remember you saying something about it weighed like eight pounds. Yeah, seven, and eight so, pounds. And so in that time period, we just added weight to this enormous headset thing, and it just— I the, mean, the reason why is because they were trying to make it truly immersive. That's what NASA was trying to do, because NASA had the funding— to try to make it truly immersive. That's why they made a suit that went with it. We have the money to make him stronger, to make him faster. Yeah, but they shouldn't have. So the Rift saw its commercial release in March of 2016 with the Rift CV1, commercial version 1, and was discontinued in March 2019 with the release of its successor, the Oculus Rift S. Now, I'm not going to go into the, the, the specific specs of the different variations of the Oculus Rift because it's actually not that important other than you need to understand that it was an Android-based program that ran these virtual reality headsets back in the day. So after after Rift kind of went out of the way when it became still too expensive for the average consumer to have, this is where PlayStation stepped in and actually took the reins and became the leader in virtual reality. Uh, like I said, Monster can probably speak a little bit more truer to this than I can, but the very first uh, iteration of Sony VR that I have found included these little wand-looking things with balls on the end of them. And you had, to set, you had to set the sensors up, and you had a helmet that was connected with a bunch of cables to, uh, uh, to the PlayStation itself, and that allowed you to 
to use the virtual reality. Now you had to stay within the sensor, so you had a very limited play space, correct? That is exactly what I have because I have the first generation of the PS4 VR. Um, you, the, the controllers that you're referring to are the PlayStation Move controllers. Before so the they fixed the little lights on the end, right? Little yeah. Little, yeah. So before they came out with the headset, they had the camera and the Move controllers because they were competing with the Xbox Connect. Everybody thought that was going to be the cool new thing, and of course it wasn't. But then they used that those same uh, peripherals with the headset to create the VR experience. Uh, it is bulky. You do have like a um, a connector box that you have to plug the headset into, and then that into the PlayStation. Uh, if you are interested in getting this setup, I would highly recommend getting an adapter to give you more USB ports on the front of your PlayStation because you will be eating them up trying to charge all these controllers and have the VR headset and the camera hooked up. I've never had too much of an issue with the play area because obviously you're not really supposed to be moving. Your but it's body will move. <laughs> Well, that was then. This is the VR headset now. But I will say your body naturally just does these weird things. Like I, I play, I have a gaming chair that I like to use that is on a swivel and on wheels, like a computer chair. And I will often play, if I'm playing a VR game, 15, 20 minutes, you can hold down the options button to recenter you on the screen. I will take the headset off and I am like facing the back of the room <laughs> or am like, you know, nine inches further from the couch than when I started. You just naturally like shift and you don't even realize it while you're playing. So yeah. at the uh, the the PlayStation Move, I only played with it once. I didn't really didn't really care for it. I did I had a roommate that had the uh connect and we played the hell out of it. We mostly played drinking games with it, but you know, it was you know, we were young in our twenties and but it was a, uh, outside of like this one game where it had like you know you had to like hit balls that came at you or whatever yeah you know, or like there was like one where there was like a raft like you were on a raft you had to like jump over stuff and uh, it, it didn't really uh, get me I know that they did the the um, connect for the PS one as like an expansion sort of thing but or it came with it I don't know I stopped paying attention at that point but yeah the the Connect was a try. The Move was a try. Um, the Connect is actually still being used to this day. You go to some museums and stuff like that, and they use it for the uh, water tables and stuff, where you can build up terrain and make oceans. And stuff. That's a that's a Xbox 360 Connect. Yeah, I mean that's cool. That's cool. I think that the application of it is actually mm -hmm. better in situations like that than it is for you know home consumer. You know, because well. As far as I know, there's no game that really uses it the way that it should, and it's not accurate all the time. It it you know goes out of alignment fairly quickly. So using that uh, motion sensor camera and the move controllers for the PSVR, it works really well for certain games. Um, we played Rush of Blood that one time where you're basically on like a little roller coaster and you use those kind of controllers as the guns. It works really well. Um, you can use an actual PS4 controller, but it's it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You no, have that, to like. It doesn't yeah, seem like it would. Right. 
on the flip side, like when I was playing Resident Evil 7, there's no real way to use the move wand. You need to use an actual controller because you have to use the buttons. Um, I think it really just depends on what you're playing, honestly. After uh, PlayStation VR came out, HTC came out with the HTC Vive, which I believe they stole some paraphernalia from uh, <laughs> some some patents from the good old PlayStation because instead of having the uh, the wall mount, no, I'm sorry, not the wall mounted, the uh, move is is that what you call it, the little camera thing? Is that what? Yeah. You, I, so, I anyways, think that's what they called their version of Connect. Okay, so instead of having the PlayStation camera thing. You have wall-mounted devices that you have to put in a specific area of your room that defines the play area. Which I have an HTC Vive here at the house. The kids love it. It plays hell on my computer. My computer is barely able to run the HTC Vive without sounding like it's going to take off. So the kids (laughs) love it. It's actually pretty fun to play. I don't like it because it still has the wiring that you have to hook up. and I got to disconnect one of my monitors, yada, yada, yada. It's like a big pain in the ass to take care of. But it is fun. Now, after the HTC Vive, and after uh, Oculus Rift was purchased by Facebook, and the 2019 CV1 Oculus Rift was put out, Facebook said we're done with the Oculus Rift, and they came out with the da 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 the Oculus Quest. Now, the big thing, the big difference between the Oculus Quest and the Oculus Rift is you are no longer bound by cables which is wonderful. The headset itself is only like three or four pounds. It's not miserable to wear. You actually can set the height of your floor, so it's an accurate height to your floor. You can actually use the controller to outline a play area for you to walk in, and you can legitimately walk around open worlds within your play space. When you hit like a corner of your play space, you need to keep going. You just push the recenter button, and it recenters your uh, game to match the, your 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 play space. So it actually works out well that way. You also have uh, thumb joysticks for you to move around, look around in. I will say that the hand tracking, the eye tracking, and all that is spot on. And there's really no major adjustments you have to make other than tightening a headband when you, when, when you want to use it. So... The average price for this is actually a lot less. The HTC Vive was about $2,700 when it came out, and its HTC Vive is still going for in between five dollars to $900, depending on where you go to get it. Whereas you can get the uh, Oculus Quest for about $390, $399. That's for the big boy, the 250 gigabyte big boy, if that's what you want. Now, I don't have any experience with these, but I kind of want to get one. There for a long time, they were trying to make VR inexpensive and user-friendly, and they were basically creating these little, like, attachments that you could just attach to your cell phone. Yes. And, and use. And I've debated getting one of those because I thought it would just be kind of cool. Um, and then also thought like Alex might like to play with that, you know, looking at the stars or whatever. Um, any experience with that? Yes. Any sort yeah. of are yeah. those garbage or no. do they kind of work? I it, mean, okay. So I actually had two different experiences. One of them, uh, I downloaded um, a a game that was like this roller coaster thing that came. Yeah. 
so I had like a subscription box at one point. I don't remember which one it was called, but came with a little cardboard thing to just put your, your phone into. And that was about as much fun as putting your finger into a mousetrap. It was, you know, it was like, oh, we're done here. Like, it was yeah. not anything I would recommend. But there was another one I played years ago where a friend of mine put his phone into a much nicer set and whatnot. Yeah. And we played a game called Don't Blow It. And basically, you've got a bomb in front of you on your, your screen, and you have to defuse the bomb. But somebody else is reading you the instructions on what to do to, like, go through different places. I've seen you that, actually, yeah. You actually had a little, like, little uh, touch pads on the side of the the, uh, the the face mask thing. And that was actually a lot of fun. But, you know, it was one of those things where it kind of lost its luster really quick. The issue with those ones is, number one, your phone size comes into play because because our phones have grown in size quite rapidly. They haven't had time to perfect that technology and make it uh, universal across most phones. Usually when you put your phone in, you have these little knobs or buttons or things at the bottom of the of the viewfinder that you have to uh -huh. shift so it lines up with your eyes, so your eyes are focused correctly inside the device. And if you're wearing glasses, you have this thing smashed against your glasses. So it wasn't very fun for people who yeah. had to wear glasses. If your phone's battery was low, you got maybe 20 minutes of playtime before your phone got stupid hot and killed the battery. And then also, if you have a case on your phone... You had to take the case you off. You would have to take the case off your phone to put your phone in it, which is just a pain in itself. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen different kinds where, like you said, it's just like a cardboard fold-out mm -hmm. thing that you just kind of, like, attach. But then I've seen the ones that plug into your port, like you're saying... And actually, like, feed off of your battery life and everything. And I thought one of those might, you know, because I bet they're reasonably priced. I'm sure you can get a little something to, like you said, even if it's just a novelty to play with for a couple minutes at a time, it's still. You know, I've got one at the house you can use. Okay. Yeah, I'll borrow it and see if it's worth buying one. But if you go to buy one of the nicer ones, like if you go to buy one of the nicer ones, you're spending 150 or so dollars for one of the nicer ones when you could get the 64 gigabyte um, Oculus Quest for $250. So you're almost there to getting something that's the real deal. The so downside... I do, remember, oh. I, I do remember that HTC... I had a HTC phone at one point, and they actually would sell mm -hmm. a VR thing to go with it. You still had to take your phone out of its case and all, but... You know, it was one to go with it, and it was made for the size of that phone and whatnot. And I, if I remember correctly, it actually had a thing that you could adjust for the different phones they were putting out, you know, different sizes. But, you know, that's the only one I've ever seen that's made for a specific phone. Outside of that, it's all very generic mm -hmm. in my experience. Gotcha. So I would be remiss if I didn't go over the negatives of the Oculus Quest. And the, actually, the biggest one has just been fixed because they were losing a lot of revenue. Uh, Facebook was, I'm sorry, Meta was losing a lot of revenue with this. They were requiring you to log in with your Facebook account in order to use the Oculus Quest. 
that was a big no-no to a lot of people because then it would also tell people when you were online and it would push you Facebook notifications and messenger notifications while you're in the middle of playing a game. And a lot of people were like, I don't want that. I want the true gaming experience. But little, little did they know that you could just simply go into your settings on your virtual reality device and turn off notifications while you're playing a game. There was literally now, an option for that. Now, would it allow you to play like other games like you know games so that you have out to the market or facebook games like can i play farmville so you can <laughs> so let's let, let's let's talk about the pros because there's more pros than cons with this so the pros are very simple you have a game library that you can choose from games like uh there's some of them are open source some of them are not open source like minecraft is coming to it that's going to be a big deal when it actually comes out. There's a knockoff Minecraft that you can put on it and play in the virtual, but a lot of people don't want to do that because it requires like developer modes and downloading all sorts of other stuff. So they, they, so no, but they have games like uh, Don't Stop Talking, uh, Job Simulator, Vacation Simulator, Hunting and Fishing, Race Car Driving. They even have a big 360 degree world that you can sit your ass in a chair and turn on roller coasters or skydiving or whatever it is you happen to want to watch that they have on that program. Uh, my daughter loves watching the blue whales swim around. She loves it. Uh, and it's light enough that she can wear it on her head and it not be a bother. She does have to hold it by its sides when she's looking around, but that's just because she's got a tiny head. I mean, <laughs> that's nothing to do with her neck muscles. She is a, a little yes. girl. So, yeah. Um, just duct tape it on. (laughs) So one of the cool functions, and I I talked to, I talked to monster about this is you can link all your, your subscription services, Amazon, YouTube, TV, uh, HBO, Cinemax, all that stuff, right? You can, you can link all that stuff to it. And then you can go into a movie mode where you can lay in bed. Essentially you can, you can make it so you can lay in your bed. And then it's like you're sitting in the movie theater. It's this huge screen that you can look left and right and see the corners of the screen. And you're essentially by yourself. It's in 5.1 Dolby Surround is what it sounds like. And you're watching these 4K. Essentially, they're, it's streamed to you in 4K movies. It looks amazing. And it's like I you're was, in a movie theater. Yep. I was going to say, I used to do that all the time with my PSVR I would just put on a DVD or something on my PlayStation, but I would watch it through the VR headset. And the best way I can describe it is you feel like you're in a movie theater because it takes up the vast majority of your vision, but there's still a little bit of like black around the (laughs) edges. So it feels like you're sitting in a dark movie theater, especially when you got your headphones on. It's very immersive. It's a very fun way to watch a movie. It is. Uh, Scary movies for sure are a blast to watch on. But I will tell you when it when it puts you in a movie theater mode, it like it sits you in the best seat in the house. Yeah, so, so you're the only seat in the house. Exactly, that's why it's the best. I mean, nobody. I don't think anybody would put on a VR headset and be like, "I want to be all the way to the right." In well, the, front. the thing is, the thing is, is you have the option to change the depth of your screen. So you can bring it closer to you, so you have to look around more, or you can push it farther back, like you're sitting in, a, in, in at the very back end of a movie theater. It gives okay, you those now, options. Okay, so I saw uh, Batman Begins in an 
um, IMAX, you know, dome thing, and I'll never do it again because I had to turn my head back and forth to actually see everything that's going on because it was my entire field of view. And right. now I get that, you know, watching some things through through your VR headset is cool, but you know, uh, monster, how big's your TV? Seventy five inch. Roughly, how much did it cost? A lot. <laughs> Sarge, same questions to you. I know you've got one of those curved TVs. I do. Yeah. Roughly, how much did it cost? Twelve hundred dollars. Okay. Now, um, I've got a uh, uh, fifty-five inch. Uh, I don't know. I think I got it on sale for about nine hundred. It was like brand new when it came out. It's not brand new anymore. But why would we spend that much money on TVs and sound systems for our houses just to put on a headset? Now, I understand putting on headphones or watching a scary movie through it because that would completely change the experience. But outside of that, I mean, I, you know, maybe Top Gun through it. I don't know. Make I can like sit on the couch. Fine. I can sit yeah, on the couch. Uh, no, I can sit on the couch. Liz could be in her bed sleeping, right? I can sit on the couch with that bad boy on, and it is in my ears and in my a in my eyes, and I am not bothering a soul. The way our house is set up, usually our bedroom door is kind of cracked open, and the TV is so big and so bright that if the door is even cracked, I mean, it is just blaring into the bedroom. And usually Sarah goes to bed before I do. And a lot of times I'll want to stay up and watch something. This way I can watch something on the headset with the headphones on. I'm sitting in a completely dark room by myself, but I'm getting this movie theater experience to watch a movie or YouTube or whatever it is. So it's convenient to not wake up everyone else in the house. True that. Kind of why I like to do it. So I, I get oh. the convenience of it for something like that, but I mean, like I, we spend all this money on our TVs, sound systems for our homes, and whatnot, and then we just go to personalizing it all into our face. I still use my TV. Yeah, I still use my TV. Don't get me wrong. I'm about to say, what crack are you smoking? At eleven thirty p.m., when everyone else in the house is asleep, I might use something other than the TV. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, that's that's you guys. All right. Since continue watching my TV. All right. Since since we have a little bit of a of a VR standoffish right now, let's let's move into <laughs> something that can get a little heavy. And I'm going to ask Danger first, and then I'm going to ask Monster. Okay. Before you go any further, you said a VR standoff. Now I really want to like play a VR Western shooter. I have one. One of you guys. Like, I got to have a set. You got to have a set. There's a game. There's a game called Onward. That I will. It is the closest to real combat. And this is coming from a combat veteran. This is the closest to the feeling of real combat that you can get in this game. It makes my heart pound. I sweat when I'm when I'm in it. And it is it is amazing. It is amazingly frightening. But it is just, oh, it's so great. So great. Okay, so I I get that it's close to real combat, but I want a Western shooter. Like, I want to feel like I am wearing, uh, like, 
chaps and cowboy boots and want to hear the wah, wah, wah. You yeah. want a duel. You just yeah. straight up want yeah. a duel. Yeah. yeah. No, we I don't have to have a VR for that. That's all I really want. No, we don't, don't we... want to do it in real life. Oh, well then. Mm. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, so there is something that I did want to talk about with this topic before we go on to what you're about to get to. There is a company that I actually was trying to work with at one point called Zero Latency. They're in Australia. And I was looking at uh, building for this and all, but they actually have what at the time uh, before the Oculus came out was the only free roam VR park type thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's actually where you put a computer backpack on VR headset and there are cameras in different places of the room, sensors in different places of the room. And you actually would walk through, and it's a zombie shooter at the time. They've come out with a couple of different things now. I think now they've uh, done something with, with Far Cry. But you would actually walk from your starting point, and you could have a team up to like six people, and walk from your starting point in the game, but you would just be on one side of the room, and you would just walk and shoot, and you had a controller that was like a rifle. You would walk and shoot, get to the other side, and then the instructions would say, turn around. And you would turn around and it would orient you towards where you were supposed to go for the next part of the game. And you would just walk back and forth in this room with your team the entire time. And I thought it was great until I started to get into the financial negotiations of things and found out that it was going to be a million dollar turnkey process for them to come to America, set up everything, teach me how to use it and leave. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out so well. Yeah, I don't have an extra million bucks. You know, for like a hundred and sixty thousand, you can make an indoor paintball course. Yeah, I don't want. I'm saying, I'm saying. I wanted, uh, yeah, because I was gonna like also like get, I guess, releases or whatever to like film people and put videos of people acting dumb in VR up online and tripping and falling over. It'd be great. It'd be great. All right, so here's a question for you. Are you are you ready, Danger? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. So we are actually not that far off from full immersive virtual reality. Right, full immersive, full immersive virtual reality is exactly as it sounds. It's where you go into a a uh, we're gonna call it hibernation state. You lay on your bed, you put the headset on, it monitors your vitals, right, and it tricks your mind into thinking that you're asleep and that you're actually playing a game. Full tilt, can smell, taste, sight, whole nut roll, all five senses at once. Right, it monitors your body for like heart activities it lets you know you know you need to take a break to use the bathroom that you need to eat yada 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 all that fun stuff right so there's a lot of safety built into it okay. you don't need to take a break to use the bathroom we're just I mean, anyways i'm there i'm wearing a diaper let's go so was, is that something that you would be interested in like we'll say it limits your play time to like three hours a day but inside the game there's time compression are you familiar with, with what time compression is uh vaguely all right so basically time compression is for every one minute in game, we'll say it's one hour in game. Okay. All right. Would that be something you'd be interested in doing? Ah, uh, not at first. I'd let it, you know, kind of run its course and work out the bugs a little bit. I just told you it was I... absolutely safe. Well, I mean, any sort of new technology is absolutely safe, but I at least let it get to the second or third generation before I dive into it because there's always bugs to be worked out in the beginning. That's. Yeah, I'd be interested in it, but just give it a little bit of time and let it, you know, kind of work the kinks out. Monster, would you be in for it? Yes, I would do it immediately. I would do it immediately as well. You know, because, you know, 
we're not pansies. Anyways, so let's same same style question for you, Danger. Let's say um let's say you can do up to one week full immersion. And that one week full immersion you are in for we'll say 14 hours a day. And then you have to be out for bodily maintenance, eating, exercising, stuff like that, anything that you have to take care of. While you are in, you can convert in-game money to real-world money. Would you do it? A question about this before I commit to that length of a time. Well, a couple questions. One, do I have to take PTO from work? I just said you can convert in-game money to real-world money. Okay, fine. That's fair. All right. Two. Does my body actually read it as me being asleep and just having a crazy ass dream? Yes. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I could go down for some good sleep. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. What about you, monster? Yeah. No, I would get. I I think I could do that. Obviously, depending on the responsibilities of your real world life, you know, barring not having those responsibilities and having that amount of free time to to invest in something like that. Yeah, I think it would be cool. Okay, so final question. Full immersion, month long, no breaks. You can bring your family with you. Would you? Everything else remains the same. It's absolutely safe. You can convert money to in-game money, except you're in it for a month. And how we know that this is this is a plausible thing is there have been people who have been in comas for years, right? Yeah. And have woken up just fine. So your body's essentially put in almost like a comatose state. You're dreaming. You can take your family with you. They'll bring you out after a month, get you some rehabilitation and everything like that. Would you do it? Okay, I don't what know kind of that a game the... am I playing? Huh? What kind of a game am I playing? Whatever game is out there that you want to do full immersion in. Take your pick. Uh, because, like, a, a full immersion world for me would be, you know, would be w an interest to me and maybe the lady, but the kids would have no interest in it. So do I want to bring them? Yes, they're, they're your kids. The Who cares? They complain in the real world. That's true. That's true. They're very good at it. See, I'm thinking of it as, like, a family vacation that you couldn't necessarily take in the real world because of the travel costs, the implications. Like, VR, you could do, like, a Jurassic Park, like, Dinosaur Zoo. Or you could go to some, you know, exotic island beach. But because it's VR, you know that it's safe. It's not real. You can't actually be physically hurt. I, that's the way I'm looking at it. And I would think, yeah, we could, we could, I would take the family. I would totally take the family. Like, yeah, yeah I and mean, do some kind of cool I, vacation thing. I do think it would be fun to go to places like that. Um, I, uh, I just don't, don't get me wrong. I, like, I would not take my family into seven days to die. I would not take my family sure. into Dark sure. Souls, right? Would I take my family into a RPG style game with levels and, and stuff like that? Well, absolutely, I would do that because I could tell the kids, now you have a chance, you know, to live your wildest dreams and be successful while you do it. You can you can see your growth. So with immersion comes a debate. And we're gonna two very important debates. Okay. Muscle memory 
and your soul. So the first debate we're going to talk about is if you do something for a month, even in time dilation, right? You're eventually going to become, it's going to become ingrained in your head. It's going to be knowledge. It's not going to be muscle memory, but it's going to be knowledge. Do you agree or disagree with that? Agree. Now, this is a uh, something that Sarge probably understands more than Monster, but there was an episode of Star Trek Voyager <laughs> where uh, they actually put, uh, I can't remember his name now, it was the chief engineer of the ship, but he had committed some crime. And speaking of the time dilation and and in your brain completely, they actually had him in his brain believe that he was in prison for a lifetime, died in prison, and then woke up, and it had only been like an hour. But he was just completely mentally changed by this. So this is where I feel like it gets really kind of iffy as far as how long you're in there, because then, you know, you're talking about muscle memory and whatnot. And, you know, you're not gonna have the muscle memory, but you're going to mentally know it. So are you going to have trouble with mixing reality with this virtual reality that you've been dealt? And this is the second part of that same question. Ah. And this is the, this is the actual debate. What defines reality? This is a debate going on even to this day. What defines reality? Is it your five senses, your sense of taste, touch, smell, you know, all, all of that? Or is it, and if so, what is it? What are those things? If we can simulate that in a game environment, is there any difference between a game, one, one world, and the next world? Yes. How so? How would your body be able to tell? I, you can't. I was just giving it. Um, <laughs> no, you you can't tell. I mean, if if you are going into the space, you know, mentally for that long of a time, I think you're going to completely lose. And just like O'Brien, O'Brien's the character's name. Okay, so just like O'Brien was only there for, I don't know. Uh, I think it was like two hours or something like that. It really wasn't long, but you know, he wasn't there, but for two hours in our time. But in his time, it was a lifetime and it completely changed him, gave him PTSD and he was just, you know, uh, struggling outside of the world. And I feel like we would end up doing the same thing. So no, I'm, I'm going to go back. I don't, I don't want to go in for a month. <laughs> give me, give me a week at tops. And even at that, I feel like it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I don't want your world. I don't want your virtual reality world. I wanna, okay. I'm going to stay in my matrix. So let's, let's, let's talk about question. This next question, and this is Monster's got a part to say on this too, right? So I'm going to give a caveat that this is Monster's opinion when it went when he says his opinion. Okay, this does not directly reflect anybody here other than Monster and Monster himself. Okay, so if he when he says it, don't get offended by it. Okay, so danger. Say you're dying of a terminal disease, and you know you only have weeks to live. Right. And you're young. Well, now that we're here, I'm going to tell you guys something. Go ahead. <laughs> you have the option to upload your consciousness into a server, into a world where your family, your wife, your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids can come and visit you anytime you want. In this world, you are in your peak physical performance and shape. Okay. You are. You are a god amongst men in your own little world. Okay. Would you do it? Okay. So, question. 
am is it just a thing for them to come and visit or am i in a like working body you you are you are in a working body you say say that you were like i always wanted to be a farmer instead of a a a transportation load checker maker whatever the hell you do um you wanted to be a farmer or uh, you know what even better you have the beard you wanted to be a real life lumberjack okay they could make that happen and you're in a world where you're you're a real life lumberjack and you're all the goals that i could have i don't think farmer or lumberjack would be them but you know those professions are they are needed and good yeah, yeah, no, nothing against the people that do them. I Try mean, wiping your ass with bark. Lumberjacks and fine. Lumberjacks and, and farmers are, are fine in my book, I have, but that's not the... I mean, why would I choose to be like, hey... I'm giving you a what-if scenario. I know, I know, but I'm 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 putting a caveat on your what-if scenario, so shut up and listen. Um, Why would I be like, hey, I'm going to die, and I want to upload my consciousness into hard labor? <laughs> they will give you... They will give you whatever you desire. If at any point, Danger, you would like to answer this question, I'd love to hear your answer. He's just evading. No, no, not evading, clarifying and getting a better understanding of of the scenario. But uh, I would do it if I could fly or have Wolverine claws. They would give you your world's fantasy right there. I'm destroying everything then. Okay. All right. This is this is why I gave you the disclaimer. And monster, same question, go. No. Because for as much as I joke about my horrific interests and my love of everything gross and horrific and spooky, um I am a Christian and believe in the afterlife and believe in heaven. And when I die, that's where I you know, my belief is that that's where my destiny lies. Um, I wouldn't want my consciousness uploaded into some alternate reality. I would, you know, I want my spirit to move on to the afterlife, heaven, which is, again, that's not what everybody believes, but that's what I believe. So I wouldn't want to have basically continued reality because, you know, my belief is there's something greater than any sort of reality or virtual reality can create. Okay. Well, I'm one of the middle of the road guys, meaning I would let them do it. Like I would do it as long as I could have an expiration date, a purge date, put in the contract. Whereas on this date, my family has to come in and they have to purge me from existence. Seriously, that way I could move on to whatever hell that I've deserved. Okay? That's all I'm saying. I mean, I still want to see my kids grow up. I want to see my grandkids grow up. I want to see my great-grandkids grow up. I want to get old with my wife. And if they want to, like, toss my wife in there with me, great. Like in the same being? No, just in the same world. You know, I I actually get along with my wife, so that's okay. She's a lovely lady. and, And with my answer, you know, I feel like, Again, given my beliefs, I will still experience those things. I may not be able to do it, like you're saying, like in an alternate reality, but I will still be able to see those things occur, even if I'm not. Look, I know where I'm going, and I I would like a break before I get there. That's all (laughs) I'm saying, okay? 
So basically, you want to go into the uh, technological version of uh, Purgatory. Absolutely. I, I, I will totally rock Purgatory for a while. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Sarge, and joining me was Danger and Monster. And now it's time for us to end our show in a very wonderful way. And I'm going to let Monster go first. Monster? Wonderful is... Uh, a, it's wonderful. A word for it, but... I read a book instead of playing VR. It was a novel experience. <clears throat> Danger. What did Batman say to Robin before they got in the Batmobile? Robin, get in the Batmobile. All right. I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Actually, I didn't say it on this show. I just said it in general. If a Tesla goes drifting, is it known as the electric slide? called the UPS office in Germany to ask if they were sending out my Oculus Rift. They said, we are ready. These are, these are all things that we now have in our heads. And... <laughs> Alright, I got one more. I got one more. Apple is releasing a new virtual reality headset specifically for VR porn. They are calling it the IFAP. Mm. Yes. Yeah. What kind of a tree... Does a math teacher climb? Geometry. Uh, That's pretty good. Uh, that was so bad you made me lose my joke. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Don't, don't tell me it was good. It was not. Oh, Lee, that was terrible. I mean, my joke is just gone. Um, Let's see. Have my kids told me any good ones lately? <laughs> no, no, they haven't. So I got, I got no other jokes for you guys tonight. So with that, before the jokes get worse and Danger says another terrible one, I am Sarge. He is Danger. He is Monster. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Later. It's over. Done. Done.